That's my catchphrase. Some people uh, still hit me with that because I tried to get that going a couple of years ago. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah. I trademarked it. I was going to have shirts. I was going to have. I know you had a contract with that Chinese factory to to crank out tens of thousands of things. And yo, yo, yo. You were never yeah. able to get the yo, 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 yo-yos up and running as a uh, as a merchandising option. Obvious huge hit. Tried to give them to retailers as a you know premium. They, they wouldn't take them. So a couple of interesting articles over the weekend on politics. Um, one in the New York Times with uh, various strategists blasting Biden's response to this whole uh, impeachment thing, specifically the part where Trump and Giuliani are making the rounds and um, and uh, making the Biden family look corrupt and being pretty damned effective at it, as I'll point out here in just a minute, but uh, being pretty damn effective at it. And Biden has hardly responded at all. He hasn't done any big interviews with anybody. As I heard um, one of Obama's guys, a strategist that got one of the guys that got Obama elected, said, I'd have Biden out there every day, using this as the opportunity to make it me against him. And plus, you get to explain your, your, your side. I'd have him on the major media every single day. And he has done zero. He mentioned it Friday afternoon in a speech in Reno, briefly, and it didn't make the East Coast news feed. And he put out a statement. That's all not, indignant. Well, that's, here, okay. that's not enough. What, what is the one instance you can think of in which you wouldn't pursue that strategy? When you know you're so dirty that there's no defending what you did. Yeah, Biden insiders claim that's not the reason. They, they say he believes that this is what Trump does. He he makes it all a, a you know a mud fight and gets you down in the mud wrestling with him and you dance to his tune and you yeah, dance to it. his tune yeah. and Biden wants to not do that some um, sort of dancing mud fight. Sorry, I clouded your metaphor. The tr- <laughs> the trouble with people that want to get on the ground and fight is they usually get their way. I mean, just they do that because they like to fight. Yeah, and it's and it's tough to avoid. So him. Just okay, you know, you you mudsling. I'm going to be above that. I'm going to talk policy and all that sort of stuff. I just I'm not sure that's going to work. You know, I'm not sure if I agree with that advisor. Just because Joe Biden is the defendant in the the case Trump is trying to build, and to me, it's got a bit of a no. I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But can't you make it, to it? Can't you make it about the case being? Look, Trump is abusing his power. He it's should be somebody, impeached. That's my uh, that's my point. And I made it poorly. He needs other people to make that principled point. Everybody expects the defendant to say the cops searched illegally. Uh, but if Alan Dershowitz comes out and says, "You know what? I agree. It's absolutely way out of bounds." That's different. I just I think Joe Biden and his family are corrupt. So uh, you know. With all due respect to what the Biden people think, I, I think that's probably why he's laying low. Um, well, if he ends up losing, I think people who follow this sort of thing will, will will point to this period where the attacks came and he laid low and didn't respond and just let them overwhelm him. We'll see. Well, I'm telling you, Joe Biden, as I said earlier today, is the bland dinner choice that, he, that uh, both spouses and the kids agree, okay, we'll do that. Nobody's very excited about it, but nobody's pissed off about it. So that's where we'll go to eat. The problem is... That candidate always loses. They came out with a, a tainted main course. Now, the, now he's it's not appetizing. The, Malarkey. The I'm not that excited about this, but I think he's got the best shot of winning. Hey, Romney. <clears throat> John Excuse Kerry. Me. There's a number of examples through the years. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Yeah. 
Anyway, so I thought this was interesting in the Washington Post, another look at the, the Democratic side of things. There are signs that Trump's attacks are having an impact even among prospective Biden supporters. They interviewed a woman in Las Vegas who showed up to the event in her Biden T-shirt. I generally don't like asking one person something and using that to build a story, but I thought this one was interesting. She said the backlash to the impeachment news was clear in her phone calls she's been making on behalf of the candidate. I know it's getting in the way, she said, of the impeachment talk and Trump's accusations about the Biden's actions involving Ukraine. When I do phone banking, at first people said, well, I'm thinking about Joe or I'm leaning toward Joe. She's calling people trying to get money. Now the people pick up the phone. They say, well, if he wants to collect money, why doesn't he just get it from Ukraine? Oh, 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 (laughs) this is is someone who's been calling people for money for a while now for Biden. Yeah. Uh, One factor raising alarm is that Biden raised only $15.2 million over the past three months, putting him in fourth place among candidates, well well behind Sanders and Warren. And I think Buttigieg and Beto? Somebody somebody surprising was in there. but uh, Not Beto. He's in fourth place. Please. Yang's been kind of climbing his way up there. Yang was the one. The Yanger. That'll be the discussion. He's the front runner, but why is he not raising more money, said Terry McAuliffe Hack, former Virginia governor. And and prolific fundraiser who ran the Democratic National Committee for a number of years. This is an opportunity with everything going on. Get yourself in the news and do it now. He's saying to Biden, but Biden's not doing it. Democratic leaders and strategists also expressed concern that Sanders' recent illness could raise fresh questions about the septuagenarian polling leaders. Warren, 70. Biden, 76. Sanders is 78. And uh, the last two would be the oldest president ever if they took office. Liz Warren at 70 is the kid. Yeah, As Warren has steadily marched upward in the polls, though, the reality, the reality that she could become the nominee has unsettled some of the party's top donors. Again, this is from the Washington Post. This isn't from Fox. Who worry that she would hand the race to Trump, Elizabeth Warren would. If it starts to look like Warren will win the party's nomination, a longtime Democratic bundler said, there will be efforts to stop that. Isn't that something? Wow. The Washington Post is claiming the people who pull the strings in the Democratic Party, if they feel like Elizabeth is winning, they're going to get involved and try to stop it the way they tried to stop Bernie against Hillary. Mm, give me an H. Right. Give me an I. Give me an L. Give me another L. <laughs> you think Hillary again? Why is my um, neck sweating again? <laughs> back to the- <laughs> Back to the Washington Post. Right now, they think Joe Biden stands between us and Elizabeth slash Bernie and to defeat in 2020, said the bundler, who spoke in the condition of anonymity. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Hmm. He said he and other donors seeking a moderate as a nominee have zero interest in coming around to Elizabeth Warren. If she's the nominee, we can't vote for her or Donald Trump, and we would sit out the election, he said. He says he speaks for other big-time donors. Uh, The donor also expressed worry that if Warren is the nominee, her presence would ruin any Democratic chances to win the Senate because voters voters would perceive having a Republican majority as the only way to keep her in check. Wow. Well, and yes, certainly those people are more hip politically than the average person. Sure. But as you've pointed out, Elizabeth has not been subjected to the front-runner scrutiny yet. We know what she's about, and and political hipsters do, but most of America doesn't understand that she would be a radical, you know, Britainization of the American system. It would, she would completely restructure the government and what it does and doesn't do and what it stays out of and doesn't. She would be a shocking 
just lurch to the left. And I don't th- I think most people see the selfie line and her, her uh, what do you call it, the cheerful warrior thing, and I've got a plan for that. They think, who's the plucky old lady? I kind of like her. They don't understand who she actually is politically. So if Biden goes down, he's the, he's the only moderate choice. And you got all these moderate bundlers that think, uh, or, or bundlers that think only a moderate can win. They're saying, we're out. We're not going to back Elizabeth Warren. Well, there are moderates in the race, but they're mired in two to eight percent. Mayor mm. Pete is their king. Yeah, uh, boy. And so Hillary was on the View on Friday and said Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. She'd been asked that question before and said, "Well, that's for the voters to decide." But she said Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. She's making the rounds. She's going on all the shows. She's got a book. <laughs> and there's and and bundlers are saying we're not going to back an Elizabeth Warren or Bernie sort of ticket. Yeah. Who's around? I don't know. She won the popular vote. Right. Maybe this time she'll go to Wisconsin. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It is so wide open with this latest Biden thing. We played the Rudy Giuliani stuff earlier, if you didn't hear it. But there's a number of things with the Biden family that there might not be corruption there. Nobody has proved any. I don't think you have to prove any. It just it it is what it is. You had family members getting sweetheart deals from countries you were involved with. Right. Right. So listen, and those of you who've been listening to the show for a long time know this. New listeners might not. I Joe Getty, my uh my ticket in twenty sixteen was chaos and ugliness. I just wanted whatever would entertain me. I had no idea how chaotic and ugly it could get. I uh, I kind of regret that. But as a fan of stuff that's so crazy it entertains me, if at the end of this process, 20-some candidates, remember when it was like 24, 25, 25 candidates, a year and a half, if at the end of that process they say, we don't like any of these people, that would be so great. <laughs> I would be so tickled by that. Oh, and one other <clears throat> one other wrinkle to this to you me. You end up running the, the, the governor of some state that's some moderate Democrat nobody's ever heard of, but he's a nice enough fella. Maybe the smartest Democrat in America is Nancy Pelosi. And I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't have the same feeling exactly as that bundler quoted in the Washington Post yes. about Elizabeth Warren or Bernie ending up with the nomination. Yes. And she might end up in a position as the person that pulls the strings on impeachment, thinks, my only hope to stop Trump is to impeach him and get him out of office. That's my only hope. Mm. Because we're going to run a candidate that will lose. How old's Nancy? She's 70. What is she? 123. She's old. But how about this? Now, 79. Oh, good Lord. Is she really? So, well, nobody cares anymore, apparently. Wow. She's so, older than Bernie. Listen to this. And <laughs> Dirt. Um, no offense to our octogenarian listeners. God bless you folks. Good for you. Keep uh, fighting that fight. Anyway, uh, or something. What fight is that? <laughs> to be alive? Yes. It's a, the not a fight nice against expiring. Keep, keep fighting that fight. All right. So oh listen to me, God. though. This makes perfect sense. This is this is the sort of analysis you don't get anywhere else but here. A lot of a lot of people on the the Trump side of things are talking about: Is this a plot? By Nancy Pelosi, get rid of Trump and make Pence look dirty or whatever. Drag him into it because they're trying to drag him mm. into the Ukraine call and the rest of it. Have you studied your Constitution, folks? Third in She's line. third in line. All right. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but here's how it plays out. 
Biden is doomed. I'm telling you, he's doomed. Nobody Malarkey. else rises up on the moderate. Malarkey. Malarkey. Nobody else rises up, so it's Liz Warren. The big donors won't have it. They take her down. Nancy announces she's running in her new slogan. I'm just moving up two seats. Nancy Pelosi in 2020. Mm. She's she's third in line. Well, second in line, really, because the guy with the office isn't in line. But she's going to move up from a second in line to uh, the office. It's a minor move upward. Mm. It's a little promotion. I don't know, but it is wide open, I'll tell you that, on all ends. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, Trump has just tweeted about uh, the whole pulling our troops out of Syria thing. Maybe we'll touch on that. Kurds battling Turkey. I don't know. And nobody wants to talk about this, but it's true, and it's happening all over the all over the world. A significant percentage of young trans just transgender people are seeking help. To return to their original sex. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Your progressive types never want to talk about this. That is interesting. For reasons we'll describe. Do you dare go there? Joe Cuddy, have the courage to go there? It's fine. I don't mind. I don't care. Absolutely. There you go. March, send your faxes. Get me fired. I'll do something else for a living. I don't care. Keep fighting the good fight, 80-year-olds. You're right. China can't keep this going forever. Oh, yeah? Well, you need us more than we need you, because we can survive without your movie starring The Rock. But good luck without iPhones. How are you going to text us in the middle of the night like, you up? Can you investigate Joe Biden for me, stupid? (laughs) (laughs) The new Chinese character from uh, Saturday Night Live, their first Asian cast member ever doing, they had him playing a Chinese guy. So... I don't know. Is that is that the step forward they were hoping for? Showing your diversity with your first Asian character, then you have him play a specific Asian role, like the only thing you can do is this? But I thought he was very funny. I thought it was the highlight of the show. Really? And a show full of lowlights. I thought it was the highlight of the show, and that could be the new breakout star of the year. What's his name? Bowen Yang. Very funny. You know, I, uh, it's funny. I just, I kept thinking I ought to watch uh, SNL. I ought to check it out. I had to look. It's, I just couldn't motivate myself to do it. Maybe I'm a little psychic. I knew it wasn't entertaining. Oh, yeah, I was disappointed by a lot. The news segment I almost always enjoy, but mm. the Elizabeth Warren was good. She's <laughs> always funny. Mm. Kate mm. McKinnon doing Elizabeth Warren. Always oh, she's funny. hilarious. Fabulous. Genius. Uh, so, listen, I bring this up for a couple of reasons. Number one, I love everybody. I'm an open-minded guy, but I know a craze when I see it. I under I, I recognize when people are so swept up in feeling righteous and often progressive about something, they just stop making sense. And you've seen a lot of this in the whole uh, transgender thing, where people are bragging that, yeah, my 40-year-old actually identifies as a little girl, and we're doing everything we can to encourage her, and we're, we've insisted the kindergarten use a different name. This, just people are so anxious to be on that train. Again, they're getting crazy. And then who, who is it, uh, some progressive leading light? Or, or an entertainer said, uh, 
Yeah, I don't think little children. Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez. You ought to be talking about, oh, he got murdered for that. Even though anybody with any common sense understands he was right. He had to apologize. Well, this is from the liberal Sky News, which is a British European news network. Uh, There's a woman who's setting up a, a charity. She was born female, identified as a male. Um. And uh, and then uh, decided that she was miserably unhappy and wanted to detransition. Um. Anyway, oh man, we're we're down to a minute. The number of young people seeking gender transition at an all time high. But as this journalist makes the point, we hear very little, if anything, about those who may come to regret their decision. Well, there's a reason you don't hear about that because it's uncomfortable for progressive activists like those in the media who have been telling you all along, this is a great thing, it's a wonderful thing, to understand, listen, there are a lot of really confused people involved, and some of them make a hasty decision that they regret very much before too long. We'll get into this a little bit more in a couple of minutes. Um, But I tell you what, it isn't just a few people who make the transition who decide I made a mistake. It's a lot. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got President Trump firing off another round of tweets about pulling U.S. troops out of Syria as Senator Lindsey Graham blasts the president's planned withdrawal. And and I, Lindsey Graham does not go against the president very often. Nope. And I got a new tip for you. You want to eat less? Eat alone. Mm. So I got on um, reading some reviews of Hitler biographies over the weekend. Because mm. it was in the New York Times. Just to see how much he was like Trump. The whole, I'm not a fan of Hitler. The whole review of the new Hitler biographies that are out, there's a couple of them, was the, was about comparisons between Hitler and oh, Trump. I was I mean, joking. I'm not kidding. Oh, for God's sake. It's just amazing. Oh, Oh, that's just so idiotic. It's idiotic historically. <laughs> it's idiotic comparing the two human beings. It's idiotic comparing the two countries. It, there is nothing there. God, that's idiotic. Yes, I'm sorry. I started <laughs> to say country and forgot to finish the word. I, I'll try not to do that in the future. <laughs> wow. Well, it's, um, uh, it's unfortunate. We all regret it. Let's get... Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, the White House says the U.S. military is going to be moving out of northern Syria ahead of a Turkish invasion. President Trump tweeting just moments ago, quote, as I have stated strongly before, and just to reiterate, if Turkey does anything that I and my great and unmatched wisdom consider to be off limits. What now? So he's got more in charge with the, or in common with the Wizard of Oz than Hitler, as far as I can tell. But go on. I will totally destroy and obliterate the economy of Turkey I've done before. Wow. They must, with Europe and others, watch over the captured ISIS fighters and families. The U.S. has done far more than anyone ever could have expected, including the capture of 100% of the ISIS caliphate. It is time now for others in the region, some of great wealth, to protect their own territory. The USA is great. So if they, uh, if wow, Turkey does that, anything, wow. trying to cut through to the words, <laughs> um, or the point, uh, if Turkey does anything, uh, can, you, can you scroll up there, Hanson, so I can see the whole thing? If they do anything that, in my wisdom, 
is un is off limits. Off what, what's limits. He, what's he? Does that? I will totally I mean, destroy the, and obliterate the economy of Turkey. They're a NATO ally. You got to be. And I realize Erdogan is an Islamist dictator, and they're barely an ally. I get that, but that's yeah, to, a hell of a thing to, to say. To destroy and obliterate the economy of a NATO ally is um. I mean, I'm not. It, well, yeah, I'm not even. I'm not building up to a Trump is bad. He did something wrong. I'm not even saying that. I'm just trying to figure out what he's saying. Yeah. Um. What What is he worried about them doing? Like bl- killing the Kurds, and the Kurds were the Kurds did a lot of our fighting. I mean, right. did a lot of the anti ISIS fighting. So maybe if if Turkey wipes out the Kurds or or occupies the Kurds so that ISIS. Uh, resurges? Uh, I'm not really sure. But what's this? So, you, the second part of the tweet. So, they, tr- I'm reading from tw- uh, Trump here. They must, with Europe and others, watch over the captured ISIS fighters and families. What is okay. that about? Not let ISIS people loose? Are they threatening that? I'm, a little, I'm, uh, usually, I'm usually not part of the crowd that says Trump needs to try to quit communicating in 124 characters on Twitter and blah, blah, blah. But uh, on, a, on a policy thing like this, it might be easier to uh, re- why not just release a regular statement? Yeah. Um, so and, we fully understand or so Turkey fully understands what they can and yeah. can't do. I'd say there's a little room between those tweets and being so straight jacketed by your advisors that you don't communicate with the American people. I think there's a little sweet spot in between. Yeah. And um, OK. Oh, man, that I will obliterate their economy. Now it's on. Oh, boy. So that's in response to some Republicans who feel like he's being too soft on Turkey, I guess. Well, Senator Lindsey Graham, one of President Trump's strongest Republican defenders, blasted Trump today over his decision to remove the U.S. troops from Syria, as we said, as Turkey plans a military offensive in the region. Graham saying it was short-sighted and irresponsible. But this impulsive decision by the president has undone all the gains we've made thrown the region into further chaos. Iran is licking their chops. And if I'm an ISIS fighter, I've got a second lease on life. So to those who think ISIS has been defeated, you will soon see. And to Turkey, okay. you've destroyed the relationship. What will you had with the U.S. Congress? And I will do everything I can to sanction Turkey's military and their economy if they step one foot into Syria. Well, now, uh, then you got Lindsey Graham, who would be occupying Syria, the Yukon, and southern Peru, given his druthers, and the president impulsively deciding this. He's been talking about getting the troops out since the campaign. So, uh, with all due respect to Lindsey, I think he's spinning the hell out of this. So, Lindsey Graham's talking about all work to have Congress sanction yeah. a NATO ally. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's something, too. Anyway, Graham was saying that during an interview on uh, Fox News, Fox and Friends. And we've got this. Any judge- chance that uh, Trump and Lindsey are working together, some sort of good cop, bad cop, something to push Turkey a certain direction? Get our troops out and scare them at the same time or wow. something? I don't know. Well, that's, that's an interesting thought. It could be. And we've got I'm this- always suspecting three-dimensional chess. <laughs> yes. All chess is three-dimensional, Jack. And we've got this just coming in. House Democrats have subpoenaed the Pentagon and the White House Budget Office for documents on the delay of military aid to Ukraine. All right. So that's just coming in. All right. In other news, if you want to eat less, you will want to, I do want to eat less. You'll want to eat alone. University, I don't want to eat alone. University of Birmingham researchers. You're conflicted. 
found people eat up to 50% more when they're eating with family and friends compared to when they eat their meals by themselves. Why would we eat more when we're with other people? We likely chow down there saying in a group due to the ancient hunter-gatherer food-sharing mentality in which groups... You're going to try to take my my potatoes? Don't take my potatoes. I'm going to eat them really fast so you don't take my potatoes. I'll see you hunting for my potatoes and gathering up my corn. (laughs) It's It's a mentality where groups of people who get together and eat as much as possible as fast as they can and distribute food while it was plentiful. God, we're going through this period with our kids where they just won't eat anything. There's nothing they like. Yeah. Their list of things they want to eat is zero other than candy and cake. They just there's nothing. My wife is getting so frustrated trying to make meals. I'm with the if you get hungry enough you'll eat plan, but mm-hmm. Apparently that's too cruel in the modern age. <laughs> oh man! But I just I figure if you get really hungry, that'll look more appealing. Yeah, I found that to be the case many yes. many times yes. over the years. So I would totally agree. Hey, by the way, if you're thinking about uh, maybe uh, taking a little trip uh, to Saudi Arabia, guess what? Unmarried couples visiting Saudi Arabia will now be allowed to share hotel rooms. Wow, that's wow. Uh, that's uh, that's the 1700s at work. Until now, couples had to provide proof that they were married before they'd be allowed to share a room. This is all part of a larger effort to attract tourists to the area, and it only is going to apply to visitors from other countries. Going to need to do more to get me to to (laughs) tourists over there. Foreign women traveling alone. Well, Well, and to tell your girlfriend, guess where we're going. (laughs) Because you're taking your girlfriend with you to Saudi Arabia on vacation. (laughs) Won't this be fun? (laughs) You're not allowed to drive the rental car. You're not allowed to stand in the same line as me at the restaurant. Can't drink. Obviously not drink. Come on, right? honey. It's like a Mecca for Muslims. Five paces behind, like we practice. For some reason, my brother always points that out, the whole being at McDonald's, because he's eating McDonald's in Saudi Arabia. But uh, the women have to stand in a separate line from the guys. Yeah. It's, that's, that's weird. Foreign women traveling alone will also now be allowed to book rooms for the first time, no longer being required to have a male chaperone book their rooms. Now, if you... Uh, if you lie to us, we will get a bone saw out and cut you into pieces. <laughs> yeah. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Very enlightened to the Saudis. How's this whole thing with Turkey going to turn out? Wow. Poorly. Yeah. Well, I've been saying for a very long time, and I like it when I'm right, because I'm often wrong. Uh, but I, I've i been saying for a very long time, keep an eye on Turkey. That is going to be the center of of nastiness and confusion and chaos and violence for a long time. Gobble. It's Gobble. A, it's a NATO ally, barely, that's become, it's taken over now by an Islamist dictator. They're playing footsie with Russia as much or more than they're playing footsie with the West and their fellow NATO, NATO allies. That could that could go seriously sideways, and if you've ever studied a map of Europe, they're right there at the nexus of East and West, uh, the 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 Middle East and Europe. Read the book Snow if you're in a Turkey. It's a Don't novel. Don't tell me what to do. It's a novel. Uh, one uh, the author won the Nobel Prize a couple of years back. Uh, foreign name I can't remember off the top of my head. Why I can't pronounce it. But uh, really interesting about Turkey and what Joe's just explaining. The ins Snow and outs, is the name of it. The ins and outs and the history and the conf- the conflict they've got going with the Muslim right. fundamentalists and the people that want to be more modern and everything. Like it's really interesting. Yeah. Um. There, there's Turkey there. Um. Which reminds it's their me, national anthem. Nobel. This is Nobel Prize week. Not only is it Supreme Obama. Court week, it's Nobel. <laughs> it's Nobel Prize week, and they're handing out the Nobel prizes now. They announced the prize for medicine today. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to win that, but 
later this week, I, I you know, I'm, I'm in the running, I hope, for literature. Peace Prize always. Anybody can win the Peace Prize. You don't even really have to do anything. See Barack Obama. Right. Um, but uh, some of the Nobel, that's the guy right there. But Nobel Prize, I'm hoping, uh, hoping to win one this week, always. I didn't win the one for medicine. I I'm going to try to understand the one for medicine because it's how you adapt to lower oxygen environments, what your cells actually do. And I'm sure I'll get mystified and confused and, and not follow it. But as a guy who moves from sea level to the mountains a lot, because I really love being up in the mountains, um, I'm always amazed by that. How is it one day later I can handle high altitude and, and I don't feel tired or winded? I was at my parents' house. They live at about 7,000 feet, and we were just struggling. Yeah. Just going for a walk. I thought I was going to die. I remember. Yeah. Um. So that's what the Nobel Prize was for medicine? Uh, yeah, they figured out on a cellular level how we adapt, yeah. which is, uh, it's, we're an amazing beast. I know yeah. I am. Yeah, so to come this week, the always angering Nobel Peace Prize, there will be something <laughs> well, either. it's always idiotic. <laughs> yeah. and, and plus, not always. Yeah. Maybe and, Orhan Pamuk won it for his novel Snow. Yeah, which is a really good book, actually. It's very entertaining. Um, you were going to tell us about the transgender stuff coming up. Yeah, huge number of people who get the transition decide that was a mistake, and nobody wants to talk about it because then you seem down. You're not down with transgender. It's ridiculous. You got to just let's hey folks, let's try to understand before we pass judgment. And I got a couple of hot off the presses polls. Maybe we'll get to those all on the way in the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, final moments of this episode of the Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to do the story about the huge number of transgender people who realize they've made a mistake and want to transition back um, at some point. But I want to, uh, I'm not sure we have time to do it thoroughly and responsibly. Got to do it responsibly, or you're gonna face it. Well, I just I, I'm not worried about you know facing anything. I just I'd prefer to do it responsibly, um, just because. This, oh, because you know, you're a good person. Yeah, that's kind of what I was rambling and, and driving toward, and <laughs> you know, I I know uh, people who are involved in that sort of thing, and I, I don't want to be dismissive. Um, but it's a really, really, really interesting story. If if you don't happen to hear the segment tomorrow when we go into depth. I'll give you the very, very short version of it. You have unhappy people who have issues, body issues, sexuality issues, etc. They think, you know what I need? I need to be the opposite sex. That would make me happy. And they get sucked into the... If I were going to be a purveyor of cliches, I'd say the gender transition industrial complex, Mm. the woke, progressive, we're with you vortex. And to quote uh, one person who's dealing with this, um, when I was at my gender clinic to get referred for hormones, we had a session where I went over my mental health issues, told them about my eating disorders, and they didn't suggest that could maybe be connected with my gender dysphoria. Um, there's a system of saying, okay, here's your hormones, here's the surgery, off you go. 
I don't think that's helpful for anyone. Wow. Yeah, so it's a fast-moving conveyor belt. Once you step on it, nobody is there to say, let's be really careful about this. So anyway. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, we will get on to that. And, and, and again, there are a lot of people who've made the transition who want to transition back. You know what we haven't done is talk about AOC's big Just Society plan. Is there any point in it? Or is she just a wackadoo who represents kind of a lunatic fringe of progressives and 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 there's no point in her, her newest... It's like the Green New Deal, but it has a new name now. I haven't heard this. Yeah, she wants rent control coast to coast. All right. So having established her credentials as somebody who doesn't understand economics at all, she wants all social services to all illegal aliens all the time. She is... People throw around socialist, socialist to a lot of uh, big government types. She's a full-on socialist. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have rent control coast to coast. Uh, the set of Bill's aim is to combat the greatest threats to our country, our climate, our democracy. I'm sorry, our country, our democracy, our planet, economic inequality, and climate change. That is what she's uh, out to do. Uh, she also, and listen. I briefly got concerned about climate change over the weekend. It went away, luckily. Oh, good. It cooled off, and, and you're fine? I don't know. I just briefly, like, all of a sudden cared. Touch like a heart, hot steering wheel or something? <laughs> I or? don't know. Then it went away. So. There is one aspect of this that I think is kind of good. She wants to adjust the federal poverty line so that it takes into account factors like geography um, and uh, the poverty line? various costs, uh, health insurance costs, modern living essentials. Uh, in, oh, well, including Internet access. I don't know. If you if you don't have the Internet, you're poverty-stricken. No, but that's, yeah, that only makes sense. Right. That obviously needs to happen. I think this is poorly written, because the more I think about it, I, I, I think they're leaving out the, the craziest parts. But we've often said the idea that there is a, nas- a federal tax rate that changes on your income is crazy. You live in Manhattan or San Francisco, and you make X amount of dollars, it is a wildly, wildly different reality than if you live in rural Indiana and make that same amount of money. So the tax rates ought to reflect cost of living. But we're out of time. Final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Here's it. I love that. I love that house music like that. Oh, I get yeah. high on the E and the lights are going. And You do? I just dance all night long. You do? To that stuff. Huh. I don't um, picture you much of a dancer. Let's get the, uh, <laughs> the final thoughts with your host, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap things up for the day. Michelangelo pressing buttons in the control room. Final thought, Michael? Yeah, today we learned that parents are paying their kids $30 a week for allowance. I'm going to suggest to parents you pay them $20 and maybe offer them a 401k match. <laughs> there you go. Vacation pay or maybe limited vision care. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Marshall Phillips, your match. Your final thought? Ah, we didn't get around to this till now. Celebrity iron-handed oligarch and ruler Russia President Vladimir Putin turned 67. Happy birthday. Net worth. Net worth roughly estimated at $200 billion. Which would make him the richest man in the world. That's funny. What's his salary? He must be a real saver. Hey, Positive (laughs) Sean, producer, final thought? Yeah, my current favorite show on television right now is HBO Succession. My typical habits, uh, because it's on late, I get up early. I've been trying to watch the next day, but I think it may have jumped to the point 
where I can no longer avoid spoilers from people talking about it on Twitter. I got to add this to my "gotta watch it live" category. I didn't think another TV show would reach that in uh, in any time soon. Mm, interesting, Jack. Do you have a final thought for us? I may need to uh, seek out different TV shows. I found it really hard to watch Saturday Night Live, which I've watched for decades. I find it impossible to watch sixty minutes now, which I've watched for decades. Just so much of the stuff out there that's information based. It's so it's so obvious what they're trying to do. I just can't handle it anymore. Yeah, my final thought is uh, I am I am a shameless junkie. I'm back on the NFL. I tried as hard as I could not to be interested. My favorite, 49ers on Monday Night Football tonight. Yeah, I'll be is watching. Is it Montana or Young? I, I, we won't know till game time. I watched a chunk of a game yesterday just because it's good teams, which is that's I'm back. I'm, I'm pathetic. Oh, interesting. I have no self-control. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. we got the On Demand podcast, the One More Thing podcast. We have uh, the links to the stories we talked about. You can email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See something we ought to be talking about? Send it along. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> That sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. Armstrong and Getty.